0: Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. It was a strange week of not having any play-by-play to bring you but of course we're plenty busy. Loved doing Bulls beat ahead with Michael Kelly. Again Bulls beat is now three times a week. Used to be daily but the whole reason and I think if you've been paying attention to the Bullseye show you know that a lot of work goes into it and love doing it. But the whole reason of taking Bulls beat from a Monday through Friday to now three times a week is to free me up basically to be able to conduct some of those interviews and get some other things done. But the quote-unquote other things usually includes at least one game on the channel from soccer or volleyball. But we didn't have anything with soccer on the road, volleyball heading out on the road. And this weekend, though, we'll be back on the microphone Sunday night for men's soccer and looking to go to 2-2 and in the conference. They needed this one, as I said, on social media. And that is a win at... Tulsa the Bulls entered two and six overall oh and two in the conference but with so many excused losses Seattle is now a top 20 team Washington is very difficult to beat Clemson top 25 team SMU top five team those are four-year losses the Mercer game was a big hiccup in a well, frankly, kind of a stinkeroo, but the other loss was FIU, which is now in the top 25. And Tulsa is a team that's always around those fringes and always very difficult to beat, but the Bulls beat them. And if you watched the match, which I did, they were the better team. No doubt about it. Bob Buthorn's men's team very much earned this victory. It was really, really rainy on Wednesday night, apparently in Tulsa, one of those things where they could have tried to play very late but it would have been too dangerous. The field was just too wet. There was standing water. It looked just fine on a beautiful weather Thursday morning in Oklahoma, and the game started off with a couple of quick goals. Jalen Anderson, who has been so tremendous for the Bulls, got his fifth goal on a wonderfully worked play where Jamon Barclay, and there was a little bit of a change to the starting lineup. The Bulls Usual starter on the back line, Brian Schaefer, only came on at the end of halves in this one. Defensively, you've got three center backs, basically, with Schaefer, Nick Scargle, who's not leaving the field, and Luca Holenstein. So in their last game, they basically had those guys as the three-man back line. In this game, Buttehorn went with Holenstein and Scargle in the middle, Sergio Paneros-Mayorga on the right side, and Jamone Barclay on the left. Well, Barclay was and is free to roam the field and was just doing some spinoramas and some incredible work at midfield to draw the defense eventually right when they got to him. He laid it up to Jalen Anderson, who worked a perfect give-and-go with Oscar Rosano, who tapped it forward on a line, threaded a needle, and Anderson was in to the penalty box by himself and finished past a really good goalkeeper, Alex Lopez, and the Bulls had the lead very early in this one. Seven minutes had barely elapsed. Tulsa got the score tied about five minutes later on a fantastic diving header by Jared Aguilar, and it was one-to-one. Now, there were some chances in this match. Alan Horrocks had to make a save on a laser of a shot from distance by Yuki Sekiguchi from Tulsa, who incidentally is a transfer from Cali College. He is from Japan, the same college that the Bulls own. From Japan, Takara Maruyama, who started and played well in this match, hailed from, but point is, Horrocks had to make a great save on him. No doubt the Bulls were getting more of the opportunities, and if you look at the box score in this game, one stat might jump out just a little bit, the fouls. Bulls were called for 21 fouls, and when I say were called for, that might make it sound like, you know, the refs were overdoing it. Nope, these were legitimate. The wild thing was, if you see 21-13, the final foul count, well, it was 9-9 at halftime, so you might assume that the Bulls got more physical as the game went on. You'd be wrong. Actually, the harder fouls were in the first half, and frankly, they were getting away with some stuff and finally got called for a few yellow cards with Scargill and Paneros Majorga taking back-to-back yellow cards in the first 20 minutes. Actually, no more yellow cards were called on the Bulls, so they were basically... Just being uh, aggressive, fighting for balls, and maybe getting whistled a little excessively at times. So it was interesting. They committed twelve fouls in the second half. But it wasn't nearly as violent or physical as the first half was. That save by Horrocks ended up being his only save of the day. Tulsa's Lopez made three saves, including a tremendous stop of what would have been the goal of the year. And I put it out on my. Twitter slash X account if you want to see the video at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P of Oscar Rosano. An amazing gathering and perfectly athletic, incredible bicycle kick that was headed inside the left post. It would have been the goal of the year. It got stopped. But the Bulls definitely deserved a goal, and they got one just a few minutes later. And it was all forced by South Florida. Again, they were controlling play in this game. And Tulsa was getting pressed. Ajmer Spengler pressed upon a ball, stole it, sent Jalen Anderson perfectly into the box. And as Lopez had to come out to try to stop what he thought was going to be a shot, Anderson smartly passed it. Oscar Rosano would have been waiting to tap it in. A UAB Blazer defender tried to slide it, get it out of play, and kicked it right into his own net. So it was an own goal, but the Bull certainly had a goal coming. And oh, by the way, it looked like Tulsa had another tying goal coming with about seven minutes to go. And I put this video out as well, as it was a free kick that was perfectly out of the air, pounded on the goal. Horrocks looked defeated. He had no chance at making the save. Looked to his left to see none other than teammate Nick Scargle clearing the ball before it got to the goal line. And really, Tulsa didn't sniff another chance. A couple other players definitely want to mention. Pedro Fife. the freshman, played the entire 90 minutes. So he and Moriyama were kind of playing a similar position. They were both on the field at the same time. And a couple of the starters ended up only going about a half hour because off the bench, up front, Shagoon lobby was outstanding, creating some, not some, a lot of opportunities. J.T. Copper got back on the field for the first time in a while and was really, really good. He sent a ball in. You talk about highlight reel attempts to Shagun Afalabi in the first half where Afalabi chested it up in the air to himself, turned around, and rocketed one that Lopez flat out had to dive to get. And then Richard Thompson came in on the right side of that defense and essentially replaced Pinero Mayoga for the last 58 minutes and was tremendous. So Butte has a lot of options and it worked out on Thursday morning. Now they play Charlotte, what an incredible schedule. Even the man who was calling play-by-play in Tulsa was doing a great job of remarking upon the Bulls' schedule and how amazing it is. And just in the conference alone, starting off with SMU, then at FIU and at Tulsa and hosting Charlotte is tough enough not to mix in Clemson and Indiana and Washington and Seattle to make it maybe one of the toughest in the country. Well, Charlotte did lose its last game, but, yeah, that was one nothing at SMU in a very tight battle. Before that, they had won four in a row, scoring three goals three times, all against their conference opponents. So they were 3-0, and tied with Tulsa and FIU at that mark. Yeah, the 49ers are tough, and they're going to have revenge on their mind because the Bulls beat them twice last year, including ending their season at Corbett Stadium in the first match of the AAC tournament, and I'm sure we'll replay that match before we go on the air Sunday night at 6 o'clock. The women's soccer team was the first to beat UAB in conference play, and man, you could see UAB's approach. They send one player forward, they're very organized defensively, and they hope to have a 0-0 final and maybe try and score at the end of the first or second half if it comes to pass. Their first game in conference was 0-0 against Charlotte. Then a couple weeks back, they actually are the only team to Not lose to East Carolina in conference play, by the way. The Pirates, who beat the Bulls last week, rolled at Temple last night with four goals. But UAB was 0-0 with East Carolina. Pirates scored in the second half, and UAB got back one late. Same thing happened in Boca Raton a week ago against FAU. They were 0-0 for the longest time, gave up a goal, scored one late. Well, fortunately, the Bulls did the first part of it scoring a goal, and just as fortunately, they were the first team to maintain a lead against the UAB Blazers, seeing out a 1-0 victory. Bulls outshot the Blazers. You knew that was going to happen if you watched the game for the first two minutes. It ended up being a 15-8 to eight shot count, and the one that went in was not a perfectly clean goal. And then again, neither was the Bulls men's team winning goal, but who cares at this point? The Bulls had come off getting shut out by East Carolina. In conference play earlier this year, 0-0 against Charlotte. and Maybe this was headed to the same direction. But Sarita Thurton got in all alone on the right side of the penalty box and sent a ball across. Sina Vartson hit it in stride. Didn't get all of it, but here's what happened. There was a defensive player in the middle of the goal line, and their goalkeeper, Eve Byer, very strong player, was coming from the right post, and she ran into her own player. So she couldn't get a clean grasp on the ball. She would have made the save, in my opinion. But instead, the defensive player for UAB kind of tried to clear it, and it just went into the goal. Like I said, who cares? The Bulls get the win. Getiana Fetoy was so great in this game. She had six shots, and Mark Vartsen was a big part of the victory as well. Now the Bulls are second in the division, three points behind East Carolina, which beat the Bulls head-to-head and fair and square last week. Bulls tied with FAU because the Owls went to Charlotte and won last night, won nothing. Five matches left in the regular season, but only one left in division, and it's against the team they're tied with, FAU, and that's not until the finale. The next four games are against the West, and by record anyway, the next two are the toughest two. The Bulls' next two games are against the teams that are tied behind Memphis for second in the West. 8-2-1 and one overall, North Texas, comes to Corbett next Thursday. And, of course, we'll have that for you on Bulls Unlimited. Volleyball heads out West. UTSA tonight, Wichita Sunday. This is the weekend where everybody in the East and West cross over for two different opponents. And if the Bulls can go 1-1 one and one, the way things have been going, they will add to their lead in the division. They're game up on East Carolina in the East. UTSA is 8-8, eight and eight, but two things. Eight wins is their total from each of the last two seasons. And they were eight and four until running into SMU and Rice the last two weekends. So this won't be easy. And then Wichita has won six of seven overall after a tough schedule at the beginning. They're top 20 in the country in opposing hitting. Shockers are always good. And by the way, they've never lost to the Bulls. So I'm telling you, a one and one weekend would be something. And we'll keep an eye on what happens Friday night women's golf Melanie Green, no surprise, named the AAC Golfer of the Month as the Bulls won their opening event. Their third event of the fall is Monday and Tuesday in Tulsa, where apparently all the Bulls teams are spending time, men's soccer, and we told you about men's tennis, Eric Valius and Alvin Todorica in that massive ITA All-America event did lose. The first round doubles match to Illinois, but it went to a third set, and rather than play out the third sets, they go to a 10-point super tiebreaker, and it was 10-8, which is basically as close as you can be. The men's golf team is at home in Brooksville Monday, Tuesday. More on that on Monday's show, but really the only chance to not have to drive too far to see either of the golf squads. Hey, you won't have to drive far to see the men's basketball team play Loyola of Chicago anymore. That was originally going to be part of the hoops giving event in Atlanta it is now going to be a home game it'll be Saturday December the 16th so the full schedule is up does mean that the men's team at least this year only playing in one whether it's neutral court or tournament event when they go to play FSU at the Orange Bowl Classic meanwhile the women and we hinted on this program that this would be announced pretty soon did announce their second multi-team event. They'll be headed for the second time in three years to West Palm Beach, December 20th and the 21st afternoon tilts leading up to Christmas against IUPUI and Baylor. So the non-conference schedule includes Texas, Baylor, NC State, and Bama. The American also announced on Wednesday all of the TV designations. And we're the radio side, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you where you can watch the games on linear TV, but the information is out there. We are your radio home for men's and women's basketball on Bulls Unlimited. And finally, go fightin' Phils now that the Rays are out. Lisa was quick and painless. I don't know about you, but I'm rooting for the Phillies. I've always liked the Braves, but Orion Kirkring, almost an immaculate inning. Nine pitches, eight strikes, three outs, appearing in game two as the Phils swept the Marlins. They are in Atlanta starting off that NLDS Saturday night. Talk to you guys Saturday afternoon from Birmingham, and don't forget from Corporate Soccer Stadium for the men's match Sunday night. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.